Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, back with another great episode. And do I have a treat for you? We are going to be talking with Peter Shankman the author of a number of books, but perhaps my favorite book of his is Zombie Loyalist, Using Great Service to Create Rabid Fans. Zombie Loyalist. Sounds like an eerie name, but it is a great book. And one of the things that Peter, I hope, will share with us today, and I'll let him tell you the story because I'm not going to tell you the story, but it's his story about Morton's the restaurant, the steakhouse, and an amazing experience that he had. But more importantly, uh, not just the experience that he had, but the lessons that w- that he learned or that he was able to teach others, uh, such as in the book and when he does his speeches, about customer service as a result of that. So we'll be talking to Peter in just a few minutes. But in the meantime, since I know uh, we're going to be talking about, as usual, customer service, we're going to be talking about Morton's, I keep going back, and I know I've mentioned him a number of times, Times, uh, Tom Baldwin, who is the former CEO and chairman of Morton's the Steakhouse, he I, I, a couple lessons from him, just a, a, a few great things. He believed his best marketing didn't come from traditional advertising or uh, TV, you know, on TV and, and radio and even print. Although today, with the, the exploitation of the internet and email and texting, occasionally you'll get an email or a text from Morton's, but that type of marketing isn't really what you pay for to, to go into a mailing or some type of you know uh, other medium. And what he said was the best uh, advertising or the best marketing, if you will, has to do with uh, the service that you deliver. It's now said that customer service and customer experience is the new marketing, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, Tom's, uh, Tom Baldwin's idea was that the best marketing department was everybody on the front line. Do such a great job that your customers will go out and talk about you to their friends, and then they're going to want to come back. And you know what? If you create that type of service experience where you create uh, – you know, brand loyalists, brand evangelists, as I like to call them, the ones that go out and sing your praises, I think you're a whole lot better off. Little things that Tom used to say that were really important, like, you know, good customer service, uh, it's mistakes well handled. If there is an unhappy guest at a restaurant, one of his restaurants, for any reason whatsoever, uh, the food came out, it was prepared the wrong way, it was cold, it was undercooked, it was overcooked, the portion wasn't as big as they thought it was going to be. If there was anything wrong, the goal was that that customer, that guest, excuse me, would not leave the restaurant for any reason, or actually in any way unhappy, they would leave absolutely happy. Mistakes well handled. You cannot let your customers walk away unhappy. How do you take care of customers when they're unhappy? You know, so many people uh, think that you have to give them something in return. Now, in a restaurant, uh, you may take the food back and you may cook it quickly and you may bring it out. And it may have been so bad that you may choose to do something like take the food off the menu. Uh, I, by the way, don't believe in always giving away things for free. I mean, of course, in a restaurant, it's like, let's buy this person a drink or buy the table a round of drinks as a way we're saying sorry. It doesn't really cost them all that much, but it's a great, kind gesture. But here's my thought about giving things away. Um, 
you don't necessarily want to give things away. You don't want to necessarily refund money. If you do it right, if you take care of the customer right, if you do it with the right attitude, you do it quickly, you do it uh, the way we've talked about in the past in other amazing business radio shows. You know, you acknowledge the problem, apologize, fix it, right attitude, sense of urgency. You do all of those things. Your goal is not to just fix the problem, but to fix the customer. More importantly, you're trying to regain that customer's confidence back. And if you do it right, you gain it back to a level that as if the problem had never happened at all. But here is the key about giving things away. Try not to do it. But if you have to do it, think about how you can do it the next time the customer comes back. In other words, we had the problem today. And maybe I, you know, if in the restaurant, maybe I bought you a round of drinks to say we're sorry. But you know what? I want you to come back next time. So you know what I'm going to do? I want to give you, you know, I, I, I mean, obviously you're, you're here for dinner. I want to make it unbelievable next time. So not only am I giving you a round of drinks this time, but next time you come back in, I'm going to buy another round of drinks. So it gets you back in the door. Uh, the bank uh, that I was doing business with, great bank, they, uh, there was a problem with fees. And, you know, what, what they did was really interesting. Uh, they didn't reverse the fees at that moment. What they said is they can credit it on the next statement, which in a sense was reversing the fees, but it was some sense of future that got me to say, okay, I'm going to hang in there. On my next statement, I'm going to see the credit, okay? By the way, I, I, I think deservedly I, did, I, I should have had the, the fees reversed, and they recognized there was a mistake, so they were going to reverse the fees. But they didn't do an instant credit. It was something for, even though it was short-term, next statement, that's what they did. Um, I took my car in for service, and I was unhappy with uh, how long it took to get back to me. Now, I paid for that service, and they apologized. But they said, look, you're going to need an oil change the next time you bring this in for service. You just I put it in your file. You just mentioned that you're getting a free oil change, and we'll make sure that you don't have to pay for that the next time you come in. See, they were very smart. The goal is not to just fix the problem right now, but to give the incentive for a customer to come back the next time. Now, I want to make sure that I'm perfectly clear with this. I don't believe in giving anything away. I don't believe in giving money away. I don't believe in refunding unless it's absolutely appropriate to do so. But too many times companies or employees know about this um, you know, ability to do so, and they actually uh, will, I wouldn't say take advantage of it, but they're, it's, it's too easy to give it away to supposedly make that customer happy. In other words, it's a Band-Aid. The Band-Aid covers the cut, but the cut's still bleeding. And if you don't fix the problem the right way to begin with, it doesn't matter if you give something away for free. So uh, whether you're giving a refund, whether you're giving something away for free, even if you're giving away next time, I want you to find or to, to thoroughly think, how can I do something right now to fix this problem without having to give anything away for free? Many times, it's just the attitude that you have. Sometimes, if you would just ask the customer, what would make you happy? And the customer might say, gosh, I just want this fixed, or I just want this taken care of. If you do that quickly for me, I would be happy. And then what can you do at that point? You do exactly what the customer wants you to do. You make them happy, and then you profusely 
thank them. And if you want to take it to another level without having to give anything away, maybe a few days later they receive a note from you saying, hey, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to serve you. I know we had a little problem with this, but, you know, thanks to us working together, we were able to resolve it, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you in the future. Make sure you ask for me the next time you come in or something like that. You do something like that, you're not going to be giving away anything. You're not going to be crediting back a customer. You're not going to be refunding money. You're going to be taking care of the customer, fixing the problem, proving to that customer that they did the right thing by choosing to do business with you. And done well, as I mentioned before, the confidence level will be even higher than if the problem had never taken place at all. All right. Well, it's time for a break, and when we come back, as promised, we're going to talk with Peter Shankman, the author of Zombie Loyalist, using great service to create rabid fans. And you know what? When you do that, you will be celebrating because uh, they'll want to come back and do more and more business with you. So don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information all you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I promised you an amazing interview with the author of Zombie Loyalists, using great service to create rabid fans, and it's Peter Shankman in the house. Peter, great to have you here. Thanks for joining us on Amazing Business Radio. Uh Always a pleasure, Chef. Literally in the house. I'm in my apartment today uh, 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 waiting for my daughter to get home. So, yeah, all good. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's nice to be home. And also, I mean, you're a best-selling author. Uh, You started a company called Helper Reporter Out, H-A-R-O, Harrow, which is, I I think it's the largest uh, source for journalists to match up with resources. And I know you sold that, which is great. Um, You have a podcast yourself called Faster Than Normal. And it's all about ADD and ADHD, something that unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I'm very aware of. Um, I didn't know that's what it was. And I treat it as a gift. I get a lot done in a short period of time. I'm moving fast. So uh, where do we start first? Give us a little background on yourself. Sure. I mean, I uh, have a sort of strange background um, in the respect that, you know, uh, ADHD kind of makes everything much more fun if you let it. So I started my career uh, at America Online um, at, with absolutely no idea what the heck I was doing. I helped found the AOL Newsroom with uh, two other editors. We built online news. Uh, we're the first uh, uh, full online newsroom uh, to exist. Um, we had a blast. We explained it to the world. We testified in front of Congress about why online news was important. I mean, it was just an amazing, amazing time for a 22-year-old kid in school. Um I moved back home in, to New York City, where I'm, where I was born and raised. In '98, I wound up um, uh, starting a PR firm that was called the Geek Factory, and uh, I had no money to start it. But I uh, came up with the idea of for a T-shirt around the time Titanic was coming out uh, called it's, uh, the T-shirt read "It Sank, Get Over It." Uh, parlayed that shirt onto the front page of USA Today and sold uh, a little over 10,000 shirts on the web. Oh, uh, that's nice. 100 grand. 
<laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. That's a little startup money for you. Just a little startup money. Just a, just a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, started the PR firm, sold it about three years later, uh, consulted for several years, and then uh, was constantly talking to everyone. I mean, if, if you're next to me on a plane, you know, unless you fake your death, I'm going to know everything about you by the time we land. And so I had this huge Rolodex, huge, huge Rolodex, and it uh, it occurred to me that there had to be a way that I could take this Rolodex and, 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 and help people with it. So journalists started calling me on a regular basis. And over time, journalists I didn't know started calling me with, about things I didn't know. Like, well, let me see how I can, you know, how, how can I find these people for them? <laughs> you know, I wanted to help people. And it took, uh, it started taking up my entire day. I'm like, there's got to be a better way to do this. Well, you know, Harrow was born. Um, three years later, Harrow was acquired. Uh, that was sort of a game-changing move for me. Uh when I tried to spend, I tried to spend the next year figuring out why Harrow was acquired, and what it came down to was that I talked to every single person who used it whenever they wanted, and so 95% of my time was spent emailing and talking to people. And it, it occurred to me that normal companies, businesses, don't do that. You know, they 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 take the customers for granted, and they they don't see having an audience as a as a privilege. They see having it as a right, which I believe is a mistake. And um, I started doing my research, and that led to my, my third book, but my first one in the customer experience uh, called Nice Companies Finish First, uh, Why Cutthroat Management is Over and Collaboration is In. And then um, the follow-up to that was Zombie Loyalists Using Great Service to Create Rabid Fans. And the underlying principle that I still believe in to this day is I don't need you to be awesome. I just need you to be a couple of levels above expectation. And at least in the U.S., expectation is pretty crappy, so you don't have to do that much yeah. to really Isn't impress. That you know, you don't have to yeah, I always it, say it just is, be a little better than average. Fortunate. Yeah, a little better exactly. than average don't all the time. Much. Yep, don't and, suck as much. And but, so, so that's really what I what I do, and that's uh, so I, I talk about that. I give speeches on on that, and that's that's half my life. Right. And by the way, I think it's important to mention you said something that's really important. I was talking to all of these people that customers aren't a right; they're a privilege. And I know this about exactly. you, Peter. Uh, you know, you're very open when you're in, on the platform talking to people and you give everybody your personal email address and you tell them, yeah. if you email me, I <clears throat> personally will be emailing you back. Uh, that's just what yeah, I do. I give my cell phone number too. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I stalked you. Yeah, that's true. You, you got, you know, you got, you got to, you got to own it. You can't, you can't go out and, 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 and preach this stuff without truly believing in it. You know, it's, 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 it's just hugely fake that way. So I'm, I'm a believer in that, you know, and again, but again, it comes down to the bar being so low. I don't, I don't need to go and, you know, mow your lawn. I just need to like respond to your email. How difficult is that? Look at, look at every email we get from every company in the world that says, you know, thank you so much. We care so much about you th- what you think. Don't reply to this email. You right. know, I, I just get such a kick out of that. Or even worse is that recording that comes on when you've called somebody that says your call is very important. We'll be with you as soon as possible, perhaps 45 exactly. minutes from exactly. now. Yeah, that drives exactly. me nuts. So one of the things that puts you on the map as far as customer service goes is something that happened when you landed at an airport. Yeah, that is true. And, and you know what's funny over time? This is five years ago, I think. And, and what's funny about that is that the more I, I look at that story, it's a great story. And, and essentially, I was flying home from New York Airport I was, or to New York Airport from Florida. I was hungry. I decided I uh, wanted a steak. And I said, Morton's. I tweeted, Morton's, why don't you meet me at Newark Airport when I land with a porterhouse? Ha, 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 ha. The same you would same way you would tweet, hey, Winter, please stop snowing. Well, <laughs> Morton showed up Morton showed up with a uh, porterhouse and uh, sort of shocked the living hell out of me. And, uh, of course, it became this ridiculous story. And, and you know, it's funny. A lot, of, <clears throat> a lot of people use that as sort of the customer service uh, uh, um, 
mainstay. Like, this is the what you have to emulate. And, and you know what? It's not. I mean, it's, sure, it's fun to do those things every once in a while, but here's the thing. Morton's job isn't to deliver steaks at the airport. Morton's job is to make a great experience when you go to Morton's. So if they deliver me a steak at the airport and you go to Morton's and your steak is cold and your table's late, your drink isn't right, sure, they took care of Shankman, but they screwed me up. You're, you're never going to go back. So Morton's makes sure that every single time you go there, they do little tiny things. They ask you, what are you celebrating? Right? Are you celebrating anything? Yeah, it's my dad's birthday. What's his name? His name's Ira. Okay, great. We'll see you and Ira. When you show up on the menu, costs them nothing to do. It says, happy birthday, Ira. Right? Ira then takes the, you know, photographs the hell out of that and shares it. This is not rocket science. You know, if all they did was deliver a steak at the airport once in a while, but their service was meh, no one would go there. And that's, I think, the, the, the story that was lost in the whole Morton Steak story is that, you know, this wasn't a one-time thing. They can't, it's not like they delivered a steak to me and then went back to being a crappy restaurant. They're a great, uh, it was, you know, they're a great customer uh, environment. But you know what happened there? That's the same. That is this decade's version of the Nordstrom returning the tires, you know, at the yeah, Nordstrom stores. I mean, that that's really where you put that story. It became a customer service legend. It went viral on the Internet. Uh, and really, oh, yeah. it, it's a great story. But I think to your point, and everything that I write about and everything that we talk about on Amazing Business Radio is that customer service is about, and you said it, just a notch or two above expectations. Or in my idea is just be a little better than average. And once in a while, those amazing opportunities, those over-the-top wow opportunities get to fall in your lap. And when Morton saw the opportunity to amaze you beyond belief by bringing, you know, a porterhouse to the airport for you, you know, they knew you're you're a social guy, social as in social media guy. You're going to talk about it. And, and they made a smart move by doing that. And you know what? Calculated or not, it was a, it was a great move. Oh, no question about it. No question about it. But uh, you know, it's definitely um, it's definitely about uh, if they didn't have tremendous service to begin with, that would nowhere that would be nowhere near as powerful. Right. And so they created a zombie loyalist out of you. Uh, well, you were probably already as Correct. you know because you know I think the first time you and I ever met. Um, in person, we'd known each other before, was in San Francisco. Uh, we were out to a, a meeting where we both, uh, remember Cred? The Cred meeting? Yep, of course. Yep, and I believe we went to Morton's that night and had dinner. Yep. <laughs> and uh, they knew no who you were, that. that's for sure. So, zombie <clears throat> loyalist. You were already a loyalist, uh, which is why you were craving the Morton steak. But let's talk briefly about the book, and then we'll take a short break. And when we come back, I want to learn more about this new book, Faster Than Normal, the podcast, and what you're writing about related to ADD, ADHD, how it's a gift, how we can take advantage of it, and how we can even maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a way to create great service because of it. Yeah. So, zombie loyalist. Tell us a little bit about the book. Sure. Well, Zombie Loyalists uh, is a great book. That was my fourth book. And the basic premise, again, is, you know, just be a little bit better. So I, I solicited stories from the whole world, um, from really, really small experiences, like the, the guy who, who, who drove behind uh, someone who had left their wallet in a restaurant for like 15 miles just to give it back to him because um, the guy was driving really fast, you know, all the way to big, giant mega stories about, about companies that, you know, just went out of their way and, and reopened a kitchen or, 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 or found them another room at another hotel because there's, you know, all these incredible things. And so, again, the, the end result that we got out of this is that very, very few, um, very few of these things cost a lot of money. Uh, the majority of them were, were very, very cheap, if not free. But the end result, you know, you're looking at 10, 15, 20, 30 years. There was a story I did about, uh, that I featured about one woman who 
<clears throat> when she was in her 20s, back in the 60s, she was turned down for a Tiffany credit card. And she um, she uh, wrote a letter to the, to the CEO of Tiffany. You know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm 20-something, but I have a job. I'm, I have friends that are getting married. I want to be able to buy that. And the CEO said, um, uh, you know, we'll open, we'll open your account. Uh, thank you for making your case. Here, here's your card. And uh, it's been 30 years. She's since started and sold two multi-billion-dollar companies and has spent, you know, millions upon millions of dollars at Tiffany's over the years. So, you know, how's that for payback on a, on a at that point, probably three-cent stamp? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing. So what I recommend doing with this book is that, first of all, buy the book. That's the first recommendation. Second of all, uh, go through it and choose stories that you feel have some relevancy. If, if, if somebody's listening to this show and they think, wow, I want to have a discussion about customer service in my company, choose a story or two and use it as a discussion topic. This is a great story. Exactly. How can we incorporate this way of thinking into what we do day in and day out? And it's a great exercise, and it's a great way to use the book. And, again, the book is called Zombie Loyalist by Peter Shankman, and that's S-H-A-N-K-M-A-N. And right about now, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about that, plus about what's new and exciting in Peter's life. So, everybody, don't go away. This is Amazing Business Radio. We'll be right back. Chef Hygen here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's shepondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back with Peter Shankman, and Peter has a podcast, which actually is the same title as an upcoming book called Faster Than Normal. And I want to get into this and find out a little bit more about it, uh, the benefits uh, and gifts, if you will, of ADD and ADHD. So, uh, Peter, take it away. Yeah, I mean, basically, I've, I've had ADHD all my life. When I was a kid, <clears throat> no one knew what it was called. It was... Shut up! You're disrupting. Sit down and shut up! You're disrupting the class disease. And over time, um, that sort of faster brain that I have, I, I learned how to self-medicate, not with medication, but with things that I was good at: um, speaking, skydiving, running, triathlon, uh, things that that sort of gave me that dopamine and serotonin, <clears throat> and allowed my brain to work at a faster, at a faster normal pace. Um, when I realized several years ago that I had these skills that I thought everyone had, and it turns out they don't. I trace it all back to ADHD, and it turns out that ADHD isn't a curse. It can actually be a gift if you know how to drive it. Uh, it can be a gift in your personal and professional life. And that's when I started doing some homework. I, I did, a, I did a, a, a free webinar. I'm like, guys, here, I'll do a webinar on the top 10 tips and tricks I use to manage my ADHD. And I thought I'd get a few hundred people, and about 8,000 people signed up. Oh, wow. And what was fascinating was over 4,000 of them did not have ADHD. And that's when I realized, okay, there's something here. And so I launched Faster Than Normal, which is a podcast about the benefits of it. Uh, we've done about 32 episodes so far. We've had um, we have <clears throat> one episode a week. We average about 10,000 uh, per episode. The beauty of it is every episode is only 20 minutes long because well, because ADHD. And um, we've had Seth Godin. Um, we've had the the chief of staff, the mayor of Boston. We've had the CEO of DocuSign. Um, really, really, really sharp people who have <clears throat> done tremendous things with their lives because they understand the power that their different brain has or their faster brain has. And um, uh, Random House reached out to me and said, you know, we think this could be a great book, and we think this could be a great book for people more than just people with ADHD. 
that turned into the book that I'm delivering to my publisher, I think, sometime in the next couple of days, and uh, will be out in November of 17, so just about a year from now, um, called Faster Than Normal, uh, Unlocking the Gifts of an ADHD Brain. Yeah, and in the meantime, you can get the podcast and listen to it every week. <clears throat> Yeah, and the podcast is, is rocking. I mean, we have we have some amazing guests. I can't tell you that yet, but like really household names in all aspects, from sports to politics to entertainment. It's 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 exciting. It really is. I mean, if you just listen to how many words per minute you fit into uh, this conversation <laughs> between you and me, I thought I talk fast, and listening to you, it's like wow. So realize we're about fifteen minutes into this interview, and people have already heard thirty-five minutes worth of content. People tell me that, that um, Fast and Normal is the one podcast they don't have to listen to on faster speed. Right. I can imagine. can't even get it. Well, that's good. So what are some of the best ways to take advantage of it? Two or three top tips. I think one of the key ways is just understanding <clears throat> that you have the same 24 hours as everyone else. But it comes down to how you use them and, more importantly, what you prioritize. You know, I have, over the past year, um, I have really decided that my health uh, is most important and my you know, I want to. I've, I've, uh, I always, I always exercise, but it was sort of iffy. Well, in the past year, I've really put together a, uh, an. Ex- I quit drinking. Not that I had a problem. I just it was slowing me down. I quit drinking. I in- implemented a program. Um, I'm a single dad, and yet I am up about 3:30 a.m. every morning, long before my kid wakes up, and I have sort of mastered the ability to get more done by 6 a.m. than most people do all day. Now to do that. Everyone goes, oh, I could never do that. I'm like, well, why not? Oh, you know, I, 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 could, I need as much sleep as I get. I'm like, well, I get seven or eight hours a night. You know, like, well, how do you do that? I'm like, well, I go to bed early. Oh, I could never do that. Why not? I, and then, then they stop and realize that it's not that I have more hours a day. I've just prioritized things. Mm-hmm. Hanging out on Facebook until 11 p.m. doesn't do it for me anymore. You know, going, I, I, I don't go to any of the parties. I go to very few parties or networking events I get invited to. Not because I don't want to, but because there's something that's more important to me. And so the first real key of understanding how to manage your faster brain is understanding where your priorities are and what matter. And then <clears throat> it's just a simple equation of eliminating things that can drive you to other places. So if you go into my closet, I have two sides to one. I have one closet. I have like six closets. I use one of them. And in this closet, on one side, I have T-shirts and jeans. And on the other side, I have button-down shirts, jackets, and jeans. And the one with the T-shirt and jeans says office, and the one with the t- button-down jacket and jeans says TV or speaking. I look at my calendar. Okay, I don't have anything to am in the office. I put on a T-shirt and jeans. Oh, I'm speaking today. I put on a T-shirt, you know, a, a button-down jacket and jeans. I don't have to think about it. If I had sweaters and multicolored, I'd never leave the house. Oh, I remember that sweater. Laura gave me that sweater. I wonder what ever happened to Laura. I should look. Three hours later, I'm naked in my living room on Facebook, and my day's gone. <laughs> you so, know Jay Leno. <clears throat> uh, you know, outside of wearing uh, the suits that he had on the Tonight Show, uh, which, by the way, were always chosen for him by somebody in yep. wardrobe. Outside of that, he had jeans and a work shirt, and that's what he wore. Well, I mean, oh, that was oh, his uniform Obama, day in and day out. Obama, Zuckerberg. You know, there's a reason they do that, and I love that. Because the the line from the movie War Games, I'm dating myself here, but the, the, the computer's final line where it learns, it says the only winning move is not to play. Right. When I realized that I could not play and thus eliminate the majority of choice from my life, I mean, I give keynote speeches. I do 300,000 miles a year on a plane. I'm like you in that regard. I, I do tons and tons of these speeches, and my contract anywhere in the world is incredibly simple. I will speak. You will pay me and cover my expenses, except in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, it says, I will speak, you will pay me, and I do not have to be, and I will only do a 1230 keynote in the afternoon, a lunchtime keynote. 
because <clears throat> if I did a morning keynote or an evening keynote in Vegas, I would have to spend the night. Right. And this isn't to say I'm an alcoholic or a gambling addict. I'm none of the above. But why put those options in there? Because there's a chance that I could start sitting, I could sit down at a blackjack table. Why invite that possibility? So I eliminate the choice beforehand. I had, a, I had someone on the podcast the other day who said something very smart. He said, um, I make a contract with myself at the beginning of every week. And once that contract is signed, I cannot change that contract until I renegotiate it the following week. So he said, if he makes a contract to, only, to, to run 40 miles in a week, and it's a Sunday and he makes that contract, he can't wimp out on that until the following Sunday when he's done it. Right. right? He can't change the contract. And I think that's so brilliant. Yep. Because yep. let's face it, when you have ADHD or even when you're just tired, you can talk yourself out of anything. There's like one tiny little cloud in the sky, and I'll be like, it's probably going to rain. I should, I should bag this run. Right? And it could be like 5,000 miles. Like there could be, a, there could be like a, a solar storm on Jupiter, and I would figure out a way why that means I shouldn't run in New York City. So <laughs> you have these contracts, and, and, and they work for me. And I'll, finally, the last point, automate as much as you can. I, don't, <clears throat> I haven't turned on a light bulb in six months. Sylvania uh, has uh, a whole lighting system, Lightify, that works with smart things, that works with my, uh, the proximity on my phone, that works with um, my router, that works with my scale, that works with my everything. You know, the alarm knows when to go off. The, the lights come on five minutes before the alarm. The more you automate, the less you have to think. The less you have to think, the more you can focus on thinking about stuff that actually matters. Yep, yep. Love. And I love, there's some other comment that you made at some point before we actually got on the show that uh, you, you, you said Honda versus Lamborghini. They both get you there. Yeah. But if you decide you want to go <clears throat> fast, you have to make adjustments and work at it. Go ahead and share that analogy. Yeah, I mean, you know, ADHD or just simply wanting to go faster and have more time in your life means that you're going to be driving a faster car. If you're driving a faster car, you have to know how to drive it. You know, you get your license, they give you a Honda. Well, that's probably what you trained them. You get your license, they give you a Lamborghini. You don't have any other training. You're probably going to smack that thing into a tree. <laughs> you need to understand how to drive your faster brain. And that's the stuff that I talk about on the podcast. That's the stuff that's in the book. That's the code by which I live my life. Wow. You know, it's simply how to, how to better uh, your life by a, a system of rules. It's, it's not difficult. You know, it's funny. Today I'm in my apartment because it's a, it's a holiday today, and um, that's kind of weirding me out. I'm not supposed to be here, right? So I had to make adjustments to make sure that I, I, you know, I'm here and I'm still working and I'm doing the right thing. It's, it's, you know, systems work. Systems really, really work. Well, they do. All right, let's bring it back to the customer service. Uh, you know, you have some great stories. Obviously, the Morton story is probably the most famous. What's your next famous story? Let's wrap it all up, and let's give our audience a great story with a great lesson. I think one of my favorites is, uh, you know, I did, I was uh, renting a car from Hertz and I have a, uh, you know, a gold card at Hertz, which isn't anything. Anyone can have a gold card. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that your car, you know, is on the board, right? Instead of having to, uh, having to wait for it. So of course this one day in Phoenix, my car's on the board. Okay. It happened. Well, there's a 45 minute wait at the, at the gold desk. And then there's a two and a half hour wait at the main desk. 20 minutes in, the people at the gold desk send us up to the main desk. Two and a half hours in, I finally get up to the counter and the guy looks at me and says, oh, you're a gold member. You need to go downstairs. To the, to the VIP, to the gold desk. And I'm like, I, they just, they sent me up here like yesterday or whatever. And he, he goes, sorry, it's on, it's, that's, that's, that's the, what we have to do next. And he nexted me. I'm not famous or anything. I don't need you to next, you know, but you don't next anyone. It's not the right thing to do. So if you've ever been to Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport, every rental car agency is in the same place. I just walked 20 feet from Hertz to Avis, who got me in a nicer car at a cheaper price with a smile. 
right? Mm-hmm. With a smile. Hertz, I sent five tweets to Hertz. I had time to write a meme while I was waiting for them. Nothing. You know, and, and I will never use Hertz again because if I can't trust Hertz to get me something at Phoenix, how can I trust them when I'm in a country where they don't speak English? Or if I have a breakdown in the middle of the night, I can't. And nothing Hertz does will get me back to them because of that experience I had. So, you know, and, and the thing was, Avis did nothing special. But the, and the, but the woman who gave me my car, she smiled. She could have smiled while stabbing with a pitchfork at that point, and I probably still would have had a better experience. <laughs> so that's really what it comes down to. Just just suck a little bit less than you're – you know, it's, it's a great joke. You have two, two guys are out for a run in the woods, and they see a bear, and the first one leans down and ties, laces up his running shoes tighter, and the second one says, don't be crazy. You can't outrun a bear. And the first one says, I don't. I don't need to. I just need to outrun you. Right, right. So and I, I, you just need to suck a little bit <clears> less <throat> than the other guys. And uh, exactly, you know. And what was Avis? What was Avis's uh, big tagline? Remember, we try harder. Wait, we try harder, of course. And the funny thing is, I wrote a blog post. I wrote a blog post, and when they sent me a thank you letter about the blog post, here's what's interesting: they didn't say thank you for talking about how great Avis was. They said thank you for mentioning our team member Doris. Right there, that tells me they care about the employee. That tells me they care about the customer. Well. Great lessons, great ideas, Peter. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. So thanks for being on the show. Another great episode of Amazing Business Radio. We'll see you next week. And until then, remember, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.